So we are lingering around the resurrection because it is our living hope. And uh, we want to uh, turn our attention this morning. Uh, We we looked at last week. um, uh, We ended up last week talking a little bit about the um, that resurrection power being in us. Uh, so we're going to we're going to turn this morning to look at Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians chapter two. And I'll begin reading at verse one. Um, don't let the other verses that were read. Uh, Deacon Eric was reading the correct scripture. We had a misprint in the bulletin. He was reading the correct scripture uh, of Ephesians um, uh, 19 through 23. Uh, chapter 1, but I'm going to begin reading at chapter 2 and and verse 1. It says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, uh, God, for what you've done, Lord. Um, we pray that you will continue to unfold, Lord, the uh, power of the resurrection and the implications of it in our lives, Lord, uh, as we uh, study and uh, hear your word, Lord. Um, have your way in us, God. We pray that there is a, a change, a, a shaping, Lord, and a growth in the experiencing of your power in our lives for your purpose and for your glory. We pray your grace and blessings over all that are gathered here, Lord, every household represented here, and those, Lord, who are witnessing online, Lord, your grace, peace, and power be with them, Lord, we pray. I ask for fresh anointing to preach, Lord, and anointing to receive your word here. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, as Lord, you're my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So last week, last week we we closed with a song uh, 
the song Same Power. I don't know if y'all remember that. Uh, if you were here last week, the song Same Power um, in the chorus, like I predicted, has been stuck in my head all week. You know it? The same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the same power that commands the dead to wake, lives in us, lives in us. The same power that moves mountains when he speaks, the same power that can calm a raging sea, lives in us, lives in us. He lives in us, lives in us. Um, And then uh, something happened. Someone from the church asked me an interesting and practical question about the song uh, during the week. Um, they didn't know that they'd be a part of the sermon today, so I won't mention their name. You can guess who it might be. I won't mention their name. But, but, but I thought the question was worth considering. I thought it was worth considering, uh, all of us considering together. Uh, the question was, how do we, I'm paraphrasing, how do we engage or access that power that lives in us? We sing about it being there, but how do we, what's the mechanism? <laughs> how do we engage it? Uh, it's important. The, the scripture today considers that resurrection power uh, that the song speaks about and, and, and offers us, it offers us a, a, a path to experiencing it. it. It starts with getting over ourselves. <laughs> Getting over ourselves. That's what it start. That it start. It starts with getting over ourselves. Um, this this uh, text wraps around the idea that the grace of God in Jesus Christ gives us access to resurrection life and power. The grace of God in Jesus Christ gives us access to resurrection life and power. <clears throat> uh, the the book of Ephesians. Uh, we don't want to jump in too cold. It's, it's a letter, an epistle written from the Apostle Paul, written to those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, their trust in Christ. Uh, uh, Paul calls them saints, the saints or the called out ones, uh, the people that make up the church there at Ephesus. Paul writes this letter because it addresses the church. It is, uh, I think, as relevant to us today as it was to the church back then. Uh, this is a church issue. Um, in prison for preaching the gospel, Paul writes to inform the believers what they possess in Jesus and how they came to possess it in, in chapters 1 to 3. In chapters 4 to 6, uh, he goes on to lay out for them how they should walk or live out their lives in the church home in their communities in the world according to the grace they've received from God which he describes in the first three chapters in, uh, in other words in, in, in chapters 1 to 3 uh, 1 to 3 he, he, it, he writes so that they would know in chapters 4 through 6 he writes so they will act like they know um, there's a gap there's a difference right so, so here, considering the end 
uh, of chapter one, Deacon Eric read for us, and, and in the beginning of chapter two, we just read, we can identify three actions that, that lead to experiencing the power that lives in us as believers. These three also call for us to get over ourselves. Uh, if anyone was showed up today or tuned in online looking for three steps to living your best life now, it's the wrong service. Uh, uh, that's not what we're here for. Uh, here, here they are. Here's the three. Uh, first, recognize what God has done. Recognize what God has done. Uh, the, the, the next one is rely on what God has done. Rely on it. And third is reach for what God has made you for. That's funky the way I said it, but I like it though. <laughs> Reach for what God made you for. Those, those three, those three, they, they, they'll, they'll bear themselves out. In, in, in chapter one, um, Paul, Paul begins giving praise to God as he explains how um, uh, God has given every spiritual blessing to the believers in Christ Jesus. He starts out, you know, uh, over the top. Uh, he then goes on to report this, his, his, his thankfulness and prayers for the church. He's thankful that they're demonstrating the proof of their faith through their loving actions toward other brothers and sisters in the faith. It's early for a side note, but I'm going to throw it anyway. How, how those in the church treat each other is a mark of salvation. Uh, two people didn't believe me. You, if you want, you can check the book of John where Jesus tells the disciples that everyone's going to know you're my disciples by the love you have one for another. Somebody, one more person didn't believe me. Uh, then you can check First uh, John chapter three, and you'll hear you'll hear uh, uh, the apostles say that uh, uh, we know that we have passed from death into life. Because we love the brethren. Uh, it, 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 it's hard and you have reason to challenge someone who says, uh, I am a believer, but they don't have any value in the gathering of believers. Something comes with your salvation and it's a love for the brethren. I digress. Back back into the chapter. That, that was just a side note. Paul... Paul um, he begins to pray uh, for, for this church. He, he, he recognizes all that's going on in them, that they got a lot going for them. He begins to pray that God would now turn on the lights for them, that, that they would be spiritually illuminated so that they would know. They would know the, that they would know what, Paul, that they would know the incredible hope that lies ahead of them, that they would know the value God has placed on them. But not only that, he mentions and for us to focus in on today, he mentions in verse 19 that they would know the immeasurable greatness of God's power toward us who believe. Uh, there, there's almost uh, um, nothing to to, to describe how much power is at work in the believers' lives because of God. Uh, we, we don't feel it every day. But, but, 
Paul says, let me, let me try to describe it in, in the original language there in the Greek part. He uses four different words to try to describe it in that language. But, but it's, <clears throat> it's almost like saying, you know, in, in English, he piles up these words. It's almost like saying it's, 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 it's like God's strong, powerful power that's able to overcome any power. So that's, that's, that's at work. Um, what, what, what's the we can try to try to wrap our minds around what's, what's the most powerful thing you can think of uh, uh, this was the 50s somebody might say dynamite <laughs> or, 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 or a nuclear bomb um, uh, the sun most powerful thing you can think of not even close to the power God has working toward us in us the scripture says it can't be measured it can't be measured. It's greater than, than what God demonstrated in splitting open the Red Sea so Israel could pass uh, through. And, and it's, it's, it's beyond the, the power that knocked down the walls of Jericho on the seventh day. Paul prays the church would know that the power working in them is, is, is that of what God worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and gave him a seat at his right hand in heaven. Hallelujah. It's that power. The, 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 the Ephesians, they, they faced much opposition and were surrounded by people in, 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 that, in that place who were involved in dark and in, evil spiritual practices but Christ in his resurrection was victorious and raised above it all uh, the Ephesians needed to recognize that same resurrection power was at work in them uh, uh, recognizing this recognizing this they could, they could start living the overcoming lives overcoming fear overcoming uh, 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 the, the obstacles that they were facing in the opposition they could start living those lives recognizing this um, they could do this with God the same power is working in all believers but if it's not known it will not be lived Got to recognize. Got to recognize. They used to say a while ago, you better recognize. Yeah. <laughs> if, the, if the Ephesians were going to fully live out that life, they needed to not only know, though. They needed to not only recognize. They needed to not only know uh, what they have. It was also important for them to recognize how they got to a position to take hold of it. Um. And in chapter two, it's explained a little better. Paul in chapter two paints them a before and after picture. I like to call it BC and AC, the BC days before Christ. Anybody remember BC days? Not not here. You were born with halos. I can look at this room and tell <laughs> you had no BC days. <laughs> But in AC days, after Christ. But anyway, Paul paints this before and after picture. He says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Uh, 
the problem here is it's obvious. Paul looks at a picture and says, you were dead. You were dead. That, that's the problem. He, he paints an, an ugly B.C. picture. <clears throat> it's a spiritual condition. Even though they were, they were walking and talking and, and living their lives, the, the, uh, spiritually they were dead. They were, they were separated from God. They had no uh, a relationship with him. It, it, it's the same deadness as Adam experienced when he ate the fruit. God said the day you eat it, you shall surely die. And even though his body didn't drop dead, when he bit it, his spirit uh, uh, experienced some separation from God, which is death. Uh, uh, This separation from God. Not only um, did did they, uh, the the Ephesians and us, inherit that same thing from Adam, but their lifestyle proved it. you can say I was I was born that way. I can't help it. But no, they they walked around in it. They walked around sinning, constantly overstepping God's boundaries and missing His mark. Paul, Paul is careful to use plural word trespasses and sins. They 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 it was it was a, it was a lifestyle. Um, they, they 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 it was it their their, their thoughts. Their words, their actions, uh, missing the mark, missing the mark, overstepping. God says, here's the line. And he, every time. I, I like uh, Rosaria uh, Butterfield said, she put it well when she said, the fall rendered our deepest, most natural feelings untrustworthy and untrue. Something got broken there. And so, so the world might call it just being free or just doing me, just going with the flow. But, but that flow is taking them somewhere they, they, they couldn't handle. Not only, not only uh, 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 that, the, that the world, not, not only could they not handle where they were headed, the, the world isn't just flowing. Somebody said, I'm going with the flow. It, it, it isn't just flowing. Somebody, according to the scripture, is guiding everything and everybody in it that's not attached to God. Uh, the scripture call, call, calls, him, calls him the, the, the prince of the power of the air, right? Um, so so there, there's, there's two, really only two options, and Either either you're following God or you're being led by the spirit of the devil. Um, you you are under somebody's influence. Paul gets uh, 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 and, and and that's why Paul would later tell the Ephesians, "Be not drunk with wine, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Be under the influence of the Holy Spirit." Paul was going to say to him, but first he first things first, he wants to get a picture out of, of what's going on with them. Uh, um, Paul, then he goes on though, I like Paul as a, as a preacher because he gets transparent with the folks and he lets them know it, it, it's really a, a group photo that we're looking at. He spots himself in that picture and he says, we all were about that disobedient life. <laughs> we, we all were in that in that photo, in that before scene, you know, whether you raised your hand and said amen or not, we all were a part of that. 
Uh, we let our flesh, our desires, our thoughts run the show instead of God. But Paul makes it plain that the, the problem is that God deals with this kind of stuff with wrath. Um, his judgment uh, toward it is guilty. Uh, it doesn't need to be a long deliberation. Guilty. And his punishment is worse than death. Uh, none of none of us are are, are are built for the wrath of God. I've, I've heard people joke about, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to kick my feet up, and I'm going to... No. Not according to the scriptures. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's an eternal death, separation from him forever. And, and since we, we were all dead in this condition... There was nothing we could even do about it. So even if we, we, we knew it was happening, if you go sit a radio inside of a cemetery and, and broadcast what's going on, it, there's, no, there's no opportunity to do anything. We were dead at, at, in, that, in that position spiritually. And, and this is the only ID that, that some people carry now uh, uh, with, the, with the hopeless and helpless picture on it. In the, in, the, in the name on it, it says dead in trespasses and sins. Um, Paul goes on, though, to let the church know some good news, that they, they have another picture and identity. They have another, that, that, was their, that was their BC. He says in, in verse 4, he says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. He pauses. Uh, and, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It, 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 let me ask a question. I want you to be honest. If, if, if you had an enemy at work or, or living next door opposing you at every turn, saying and doing the opposite of everything you ask for, and you had the authority and the power to do something about them, what would you do? <laughs> Amen. We have an honest brother in the room. <laughs> because, because I see the halos again. At the very least, at the very least, you probably send them away from you, right? Or, 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 or maybe if you're really, really sanctified, then you would get away from them, right? Um, instead of what we might do, uh, two words Paul uses makes us see how God's thoughts and ways are higher than ours. Like the prophet Isaiah says, um, uh, two words is, but God these two words let us know uh, things are about to change. <laughs> but God, you, you were dead. You were, you were dead and you were not only dead, but you were a dead enemy. Uh, 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 things are but God. Whatever these two words stand between, no matter how difficult or impossible it might seem, there can be transformation, Amen. a change. But God. Some, some, some writers have, have said that, that these two words contain the whole gospel. 
James Montgomery Boyce uh, said that if you recall them daily and live by them, they'll transform your life. Two words, but God. But God, there's a lot wrapped up into this though. But according to the description and condition of mankind, listen, this is, this is, how, I, this is how I wanted to put it. According, according to the, the description and the, and the condition of mankind, the, the B.C., uh, um, the but God that's placed here in the scripture is, is like the paddles placed on the chest of a person with no heartbeat to give them life, to shock them to life. But God, but, but, but even more than that, because there were no signs in that B.C. picture of anyone deserving life. This but God. But thankfully here, uh, uh, God, God is the, is the subject. Paul, Paul writes in, a, in a long, in the original language, a long run-on sentence explaining all of this stuff. And, and in this long run-on sentence, thankfully God is the subject of the sentence and the actor in this sentence. Uh, it, it's, it's really about him and it's not about us, so we can, uh, thankfully, we can get over ourselves and get over our conditions. We don't have to uh, 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 tremble in that anymore, um, but God. God is here, and Paul tells us, God is compelled into action completely by his own character. Uh, independent, um, he, he, he demonstrates here his, his riches. He's rich in abundant mercy. That's, that's compassion that, that holds back judgment. He, he's also full of, of great love. And John 3.16 says that he so loved us. Uh, that's, a, that's a measurement. He so loved us. He, uh, he's abundant. It doesn't, it doesn't run out. Um, Paul, Paul uh, uh, pictures a an abundant, rich God overflowing with all a dead person could need. There was, a, there was enough loving mercy to, to grab them, the, the Ephesians and Paul and us. And even when we were dead in our sin, uh, with, our, with our backs turned on him and our fists balled up, uh, he still saved us, Paul says. He rescued us from the coming wrath. Uh, uh, Romans 5 and 20 says, where sin increased, God's grace abounded all the more. God had grace to cover it. God puts the dead sinner in the hands of the divine Savior. And, and he gives us life, not because we deserve to be saved, but, but it is grace. It, it's God's Gift of undeserved kindness and favor toward them and toward us. Uh, he 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 continues. God is the subject. He could he connects us with Christ, who conquered death, who died, was buried, and rose on the third day. He connects us with him, and because he got up and we're connected with him, we get up. Um, but believers are made alive with him. We are, we are co-resurrected with Christ. Uh, they need to recognize this, right? 
um, not, not only are we saved from our condition, made alive from being dead, we are given a new position, Paul says. Uh, um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't stop, but uh, we, we get a new seat in Christ. Uh, we, we've been so joined with Jesus that even though we're still living and walking around down here, uh, we are represented up there in heavenly places. In other words, when, when the roll call is made in heaven, we get marked present already. Uh, because, because we are in Christ Jesus. That's good news. I, I, I'm the only one that feels excited about this. Is, I, I can't believe what God has done. Uh, I, it, it, he, we're talking about his grace here. Not, not because we were so good. All of this uh, um, is because he is so good. It's so full of grace. I understand why the songwriter called it amazing grace. Uh, it's, it's grace that you can't fathom. Uh, uh, since, since, since God has decided to, to give us life with Christ and, and then actively and powerfully created a way for us to be lifted out of that hopelessness, the BC state, why, why, uh, why should we... Um, Straggle or remain in it in any way? Should we leave anything in that BC, in that deadness? We, we see a picture of, of Jesus' heart here, a picture of this after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. His first command was to unbind him. Somebody said that's practical because uh, he was wrapped up pretty tight. But, but I think it's more than that, though. He says, unbind him, loose him, and let him go. Uh, 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 he, he, take the grave clothes off of him. There's nothing, uh, he has nothing in common now with death. I've brought him out of it. We're called to resurrection thinking and living now. Recognizing this should, should give the believer new perspective. Uh, he, in, the, in, the, in, in the twin letter of Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 he, Paul says if then uh, you have been raised with Christ seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God from there uh, at that right hand Christ even shares a measure of his authority with the believers Ah. Right. Uh, goodness. Our, our, our minds and hearts should be pulled away from dead desires once, that, that we once lived in and, and, and tapped into the desires of Christ. Paul is trying to draw them and, and get them to recognize this. Um, what, what you were is not what you are now. And Paul begins now to, to, to describe God's purpose in all of this. If you, if you get the why, maybe you'll, you'll, you'll get it. He, he says, so that, God did this, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. I don't know who was running around talking about they saved themselves. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know who was the first person to say, I pulled myself up by my sandal straps. 
my own sandal straps. But, but the, the first purpose here, the first purpose is to show how good God is. Um, to, to show, I, I think that's why uh, when we had our time of worship and we were, we were singing and we were uh, glorifying God, I, I, I think that's why uh, we, could, we could feel the presence so, because we had shifted from, uh, you know, concerning us right. and, and we put the focus on him. But let, let's look, he, 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 uh, it's to show how good God is. To show how big his bank account of grace is toward us. For the ages to come means, means that, the, that the rest of time and eternity, his grace will be on display. Uh, um, I, I was watching one of the, one of the uh, uh, um, actors and, and they were being interviewed in their home and they had a case full of trophies, you know, that they had won Emmys. Tonys, whatever, whatever. But we, we're going to be in God's display case. His, 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 his trophies <laughs> for what he did. It, 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 was, it was on display. It started being on display through time. It was on display um, uh, in Paul, who was, who was one of Jesus' biggest enemies. But instead of being destroyed, Paul was made into one of his most dedicated servants. That grace uh, it was on display. Um, it, it, it includes today. Uh, that, that it's still on display. He he's showing off uh, uh, some amazing grace in here today. Uh, um, there, there are those in here could we could still be stuck in our BC days right now. Uh, but but God wanted to demonstrate his grace. There are angels in heaven shaking their heads saying, I can't believe how good he was to them. I'll put it on myself. <laughs> I can't believe he has that one up there speaking his word. Shaking their head. Uh, 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 by, 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 by faith. By faith, you relied on what God has done and receive this grace. Um, God needed to be relied on even for us to have that faith. We had to, we had to rely on him to rely on him. <laughs> uh, this, this gift of, of resurrected life has a, has, a, has a different economy than the world, specifically because it's a gift. Uh, uh, we, we live in a merit-based society. Am I right? Our, our, our positions uh, determining our personhood in many cases. Um, uh, the, the, the more notable the work or position of a person, the more value they have in our society. Um, but, but, but God grants us the most important things in and with Jesus Christ. This is a different economy. And he does it freely by grace. There's no, no privilege, status, or ability can make a claim on it. Uh, it is completely the work of God. Paul, Paul is driving this point home so that no one can boast. Um, we access the resurrection power only as we continue to rely on God's grace. Uh, we, we have to recognize what he's done, but now we have to rely on what he's done. 
Uh, as soon as you try to take hold of the credit or the steering wheel to set your own direction, start making yourself the subject instead of God, you short circuit your access to the power. You short circuit your access. You're saved, but you're powerless. <laughs> um, that's an oxymoron. Uh, Paul, Paul makes the point in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, almost sounds like Paul's about to brag. I worked harder than any of them. Comma. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Paul acknowledged what was working in him to, to, for him to be able to do it. He was relying on God's grace. And lastly, the second part of the purpose is here. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Not only do we show off God's grace, God's work in us, but the, the further purpose is to carry out God's work for us. Um, we, we are God's workmanship, his, his masterpiece, his created thing made out of broken pieces. We are his, his new creation. He designed us and saved us for specific works, good works with our name on it. I mean, there, there's something God wants done that's waiting for you to come and do it. Right. Your, name, your name is on it. He, he, he planned it beforehand. He, possibly before you were even born that Jeremiah came to find out that Jeremiah had an assignment before he was even born. Possibly before you were even born, but, but even... <laughs> Worse than that, even while you were still dead in sins um, and counted out by everyone else, God prepared the works for you to step into. God was already getting it together. We can, we can, we can recognize what God has done and, and, and how we need to totally rely on him to to be able to experience it. But it will all just be an, a, 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 like a, a mental or academic exercise if we don't begin to reach for what we're made for. Right. If we don't reach for what we're made for, access that power that lives in you. Access the power that lives in you. I, I'm, I'm going to ask Two questions, and then, I, then, then we're going to close. <laughs> Does what God has done and desires you to do deserve your attention and energy? Okay. Okay. Does it, it, it's a personal question, and you could, you could meditate on it. I know the answer. Um, second thing. It might give insight into the, the, the works that were prepared. Knowing what we know about God's 
resurrecting work in us. Are we still expecting dead people to be doing living things? Are we shaking our head at the world that's following the course of the prince of the power of the air? We can't be expecting dead people to be doing living things. If we want to see life in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our nation, the only hope is to get the dead folks into the presence of him who Romans 4 and 17 says gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that do not exist. God has a track record of creating something out of nothing. He has a track record of raising those things that appear to be lost and dead and gone forever. We have to get people into the presence of him that holds the power of resurrection. Uh, I, I, I I I would venture to say that that is, that is the primary work that he's prepared for us. Um, part of the demonstration of grace and good works that we, we were created for is this. 